0: And this is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations.
1: We are so excited to have you join us on this journey.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I'm Kristen, and I'm here today with Sammy, as usual. Hello. And also, today, we have our guest speaker. Our uh, We're featuring Brandy, who's our clinician here at Holistic Heart. Um, she has been working with us for, Brandy, has it been six years? Seven? I think we're going on seven. That is wild, and also amazing. So, Brandy's incredible. She has a grief and loss specialty and so we wanted to have her on today to have a conversation about grief and loss and specifically the death of a loved one how we can deal with our experience if that's our personal experience and also how to support people who we love who have had this experience um because i think that can be challenging i would imagine um you know, hard to know what to say or what to do. So we are very excited, Brandy, to have you on and be talking about this very important topic. And I'm wondering if you might start off just by giving us a little bit of information, a little bit about you, a little bit about why we're talking to you about this particular topic, uh, maybe what it means to you or your experience with it.
2: Sure. So first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I have worked as a therapist for gosh over ten years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a topic that I find very meaningful. It's also very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, I actually went through a certification for um, compassionate bereavement care that has been something that has just helped me kind of move deeper into this work, too that I'm you know so appreciative to have been able to go through
0: that that's so wonderful that sounds like a great experience have mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I think maybe just starting off I'm wondering what um can you talk a little bit about the experience of grief in general is there something that you would sort of um either share around what that experience can look like or feel like or what to expect if you're someone who has lost someone recently what what that experience of grief sometimes looks like, knowing that it's not the same for everyone, of course.
2: Sure. I think, you know, grief is such a universal experience, mm. right? but it's not often talked about. Either the way that people talk about it in their circles might be really different. I think the people who show up for people after a loss might be very different than who we anticipate might show up or who we want to have show up. And that that can be a really hard experience too. Right? That it can be very isolating. On the flip side of that, we might be really surprised by who does show up as well. Um, but I think that isolation can be really a challenge for people to, or not knowing how to talk with people around them mm-hmm. about the loss, especially when so much of their being has shifted. I think loved ones and friends often want people to just kind of go back to the person who they were before the loss happened. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And, you know, that person has changed.
3: Yeah.
2: So the way that they show up is very different, especially right after the loss.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know when I've had major losses in my life, it's like, There's so much happening when it first happens and you're going through, you know, you're letting people know and you're having maybe a wake or a funeral or there's a lot of logistics to manage. And then at some point, life goes like, quote unquote, back to normal, but it's not. And it's completely Mm -hmm. different. And that's the place where I think for me, I'll say that's the place where it would start to hit me of like this person is genuinely no longer here and and I think a lot of people show and receive a lot of support in that like first few weeks or first month or so because there's so much awareness around it but like you're saying Brandy maybe there's an um you know like a not maliciously intended but a desire for things to sort of go back after that um and and it's not that's actually in my experience with loss that's when it's actually hitting the hardest right
2: I think that can be like when the reality sets in Right, yeah. when the rest of the world keeps going and your world is forever changed and you're trying to do some of those normal things that you mm-hmm. were doing before like getting back to work if, if you were working before or just mm-hmm. trying to do some of the things that might have felt kind of nourishing for you before just trying to find which way is up yeah too is mm-hmm. um you know just a that can be a really challenging time. Sure.
1: Yeah. Like that, the process of integrating back into what your quote unquote, like regular routine is when mm-hmm. there's this huge, significant element of your life that has been um, so changed. And then like you were saying too, I know I hear this a lot with clients and other people in my life and personal experiences as well, where there does tend to be like the support that you get. It can come from places maybe that you weren't expecting and not be coming from other places where you were anticipating that support to be. And I think, um, Brandy, you spoke to this too, that it can often be that like people not totally knowing how to Mm. provide support or what that looks like. And that, like, maybe that conception of like, Oh, maybe this person like needs it to just go back to normal so that we're not talking about it. We're not focusing on it. Mm Um, and I think there's something like you said, everybody goes through this in such different ways too. So, you know, people may be also experiencing their own grief around this loss or be Mm -hmm. observing the loss that you're experiencing. Um, So I think a really important part of this discussion is both what the grief, like normalizing and and deepening our understanding of what that grief process is, but also how we can support other people in the grieving process and perhaps also how to support other people in the grieving process when you're also in that grieving process Mm. as well.
2: Yeah, and that can be so hard, right? When you're also grieving, there's somebody else who's grieving as well, right? Or it might seem like, well, why isn't that person showing up for me? Mm -hmm. Right. When they're grieving too, Mm -hmm. right? That their grief might look very different. Maybe their relationship was very different, that they might not have the capacity to show up Mm -hmm. in the way that you're looking for them to because of their own Mm -hmm. grief. Because Whatever's coming up for them around it. Um, one thing that I actually had somebody say to me years ago that I found so helpful—it didn't make sense to me at first—but mm-hmm. um, was just that not everyone has the capacity to be with grief, mm-hmm. and it, that was just kind of very eye-opening for me. Again, just well. But if this is what was happening, right, or if that person has more distance from it, you know, why aren't they able to be there? Mm I think too that the people who show up are able to navigate it, Mm -hmm. right? And the people who aren't might, maybe it's too much for them to see the deep grief that you're experiencing, Mm -hmm. right? Or that they're feeling too much themselves being in that space, right? Or they think if they bring something up, it's just going to make things worse. Mm-hmm. for you right and like you were saying Kristen that it's all very well intended
3: mm-hmm.
2: right kind of the way that people show up and not show up I mm-hmm.
0: think, or,
2: and don't show up right mm-hmm. but that you know they're kind of doing what they can in that moment
0: I'm wondering Brandy since we're on this part of the topic of like offering support do you have any like thoughts on how for someone if they're friends with someone or they know someone who has lost someone and they do feel able to support or they want to support, but they don't know how. Do you have any thoughts on that process for them or any guidance on how that could, how they could go about that?
2: Sure, yeah. I often think about how people will say, Oh, let me know if you need anything. Yeah, right? I'm here if you need me. Right. Which also again, well-intentioned and puts it on the other person mm-hmm. to reach out. Where I think if someone were to reach out and say, hey, are you up for a visit today or a phone call? Mm-hmm. I'd love to come over, right? That then the person also has the opportunity to say, you know what? No, I'm not up for that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But that it's not on them then to say, like, hey, I'm really having a hard time and mm-hmm. I would appreciate some support, right? That, that can have a very different kind of energy. Mm-hmm or show that there's more openness.
1: Yeah. Go ahead, Sammy Oh, okay. um, I was just going to say, it's like the, the heaviness and the confusion and like the responsibility that grief can feel. It can feel like there's so much more weight when there's like that, oh, there's, it's well-intentioned, but like mm-hmm. I have to do something more around this. Mm-hmm. And there's already so much being done, so much energy being exerted. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's beautiful um, guidance because it's like, oh, letting someone know if you're trying to offer support, you taking the initiative rather than expecting the person who's already overwhelmed, overloaded to take the initiative. And on top of that, you're offering it in a way that's invitational. So it's respectful because I think that that's another thing that comes up for people who want to offer support is like, what if they're not? up for that or that feels intrusive to them i don't want to be you know telling them i'm going to just stop by if that if they if that won't feel good to them so like you want consent from the person and you're but you're unintentionally doing it by offloading the responsibility to them so i love the way you framed it brandy because it's both it's like i'm taking the i'm saying i can come by today or i'd love to talk and have a phone call but i'm also asking you if if you're available for that or if you feel up for that mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think, too, for the person who's looking to provide the support, right, often people put a lot of pressure on themselves, right, to mm-hmm. say the right thing, yeah. right, and there's, there's nothing that somebody can say to sh- change that situation, mm-hmm. right, and so, you know, people can say things that are hurtful or injurious in some way, right, and likely unintentional,
3: mm-hmm. right,
2: and I wonder if even taking some of that pressure off of like, okay, I have to go over and I have to just kind of muster up as much strength as I can and be everything for that person. Mm -hmm. Right. Of just kind of knowing that, you know, you being there and saying, okay, I don't know what to say Mm -hmm. right now, but I want you to know I'm here. I want you to know how sorry I am. Mm -hmm. Right. That that can be such a meaningful and authentic offering Mm -hmm. to persons having that
3: pressure.
0: Mm Mm-hmm yeah and a willingness to have to be in the like discomfort of not knowing what to say or do but knowing that this relationship and this person matters to you and so you're gonna you're gonna be there even though you don't know quite how to do it and that that that's actually incredibly meaningful for someone I would imagine to receive right like I would feel good about that if I was you know someone offered that to me
2: right versus somebody not bringing it up you know I think of Um, soon after loss, right, that it can be, or even if it hasn't been soon after, but if it's the first person that somebody has seen someone Mm
3: -hmm. after
2: a loss and they don't bring it up or they don't acknowledge it because they think, oh, that person isn't thinking of it, which in my experience, you think about it all the time, right, very often, right, whether somebody brings it up or not, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: it's there, right, and so to not bring it up, too kind of also seem minimizing in some sense, or that you're not seeing the other person kind of in their full experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I think there's so much that can come up around that of just, again, going back to just how to even bring it up Mm -hmm. with people, or how you can acknowledge it. Um, and, And it can be just a simple acknowledgement of. Just like, you know what I don't I don't even have the words to say but I'm sorry
1: mm-hmm.
2: Brian, I just want you to know that.
1: Mm-hmm. to me I hear the beauty in honoring someone else's someone else's grieving process but I think like people sometimes choose to do it in silence because it's like well it seems like they're having a good day so I don't want to bring it up like you said I think there's like I don't want to make them thinking about it if they're not thinking about it like it's, it, they know they're aware this is something mm-hmm. that they're going through and to have the space of, Hey, like, I see you, I'm holding space for you. I'm aware here, but also not the pressure of like, Oh, like, tell me all about this. It's like putting the power in, Um putting the power in, but not like all of it. Like I'll be here, but you just let me know whenever mm-hmm. you need something.
2: Right. The power to choose.
0: Sorry.
1: Yes. Like the power, but not the
0: responsibility. Exactly. Like it's like, yeah, totally brandy. They get to choose. Yeah. So I'm curious, I know we're talking right now about like ways to support someone, which I think is really important and really valuable. I also want to talk about the person who has lost someone and what their experience might be or what they might expect their experience to be normalizing some of that. But before we transition to that, Brandy, you mentioned that there might be some things that people might say with good intentions and not really realize that they can be harmful or dismissive or not received with the intention that they were spoken. And I'm wondering if there are common ones that you hear that you might dissuade someone from offering or offer them an alternative if um, they're wanting to be supportive and and to bring more mindfulness to how we go about that.
2: Sure, I think. One that's so common, right, is when somebody's partner passes away and then somebody asks someone they're going to start dating, right? Or, oh, you know, well, you know, there are other people out there, you won't be alone, right? That can all well intentioned, but and that person has just lost someone who they loved, Mm -hmm. right? And so then it's not holding space or recognizing the time. Right. And to meet, that's more about the other person, right? Wanting their loved one to be comfortable,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? And kind of them even reminding themselves, oh, that doesn't have to mean that they're going to be alone, right? Or that this was their only opportunity, right? And to meet, and that that's more about kind of the other person's yeah. stuff that's coming up around that. Right? Mm-hmm. In just family losses i right, people like make comments about kind of other family members or just kind of a reminder to people to be there for other people when they're also kind of in the thick of it
3: mm-hmm. as
2: well. And I think that, again, kind of placing that responsibility on other people mm-hmm. too, again, who are really in the throes of the grief mm-hmm. as well, where that could be an opportunity for other people to kind of then show that support to those people as well, right? If they have those concerns.
1: Sure. I hear in that it's like, it's not, let me say this thing to make you feel better. Like, grief is painful and Mm -hmm. it's the, like, I'm here with you. I, I see you and I acknowledge this. And, um, like when I'm, when I'm hearing for you too, there's that like element of, well, if I do this and I see you in pain, well, let me make you feel better. Cause this is making me feel uncomfortable when I see you in this. Mm -hmm. And even if that's not someone's conscious intention, I think that shows up a lot. And, and so when you are, you know, when someone is approaching the process of supporting someone going through grief and even i think this is like supporting if you are the one going through grief and you're supporting yourself not it's not always about finding the thing to feel better but finding the thing to like um I don't know why, but the word comfort was coming up. And I think Mm -hmm. the word comfort is important, but can also be misleading because comforting someone and making, and and like being like comfy, cozy are two different things. And I think that's the thing where it's like, let me just try to take this away. So you feel better. And like, we cannot do that for someone. And that can feel really invalidating, even when we know. And like, I think then that's putting that responsibility on the person who's going through it. It's like, Oh, well, I know this person's well-intentioned. Like, that's not, that's like, that's a lot to hold on top of already being in this grieving process.
2: That makes me think of, uh, like, Pema Children often talks about, like, being in the mud. Yeah. Right. And kind of like, you're in it, Mm -hmm. right? When, when you're grieving, that that's, it's not a process that you can speed up, right? Even though we likely will want to, right? That it is, it is painful and, so hard on so many different levels and although you can avoid it right that ultimately it's catching up with you at some point right that there will be that time then that okay yeah now we're really taking a closer look at this um but that there's no way to speed it up Is that's my long-winded way of getting to the point that it's just you can't rush it right that it's really kind of being in it Feeling the feelings while they're challenging and difficult and maybe being really compassionate to yourself throughout that too, just knowing that, yeah, this is something so hard that will likely be, you know, one of the most challenging things perhaps that you ever encounter
0: Mm -hmm.
2: in your lifetime.
0: Yeah. And... I feel like what you both are saying so beautifully is the attempt to like, quote unquote, make better or like feel better is one not possible. So that's important to acknowledge Mm -hmm. because this loss has occurred and things are different now, and that's never not going to be the case. So like Sammy, you said incredibly invalidating. And I think Brandy, you've spoken to that also. And also like, but we, that doesn't mean that we can't offer anything. And what we can offer is being with someone like you're saying, Brandy in the mud, or like, I think of like, okay, we're walking in the dark, but I can at least hold your hand. You know, we can't, we're not going to be able to turn the lights (laughs) on, but we can at least be in this together. And there's something really beautiful about offering your presence to someone who's suffering so that they're not suffering alone. It's not to try to make them not be suffering, but it's so that they know they're in some way in their suffering and that um and they're they're seen in their suffering because i think a lot of times the unintended consequences of statements like oh you'll feel better soon or things will go back to normal you know at some point or this won't always hurt like this or whatever the case may be that are like meant well um the unintended consequences can be i don't see how much this is impacting you i don't I don't I'm not recognizing how much you feel like your life has changed on a fundamental level and you're not going to go back to being the same as before. Like there's a different a new life ahead that uh, grief will always be a part of and it doesn't mean things are over but it does mean something has shifted on a on a foundational level and like that's important to make sure that we're letting people know we see and we recognize if we're wanting them to feel supported in their pain. Um, so I love what you guys are sharing around that. And I'm wondering, like looking at our timing, um, I'm wondering about like actual, for the person who is experiencing the loss. Um, I know that there are Brandy, like stages of grief. I don't know how much you feel like those apply or whether those are helpful to talk about, but I'm wondering about for the person who has experienced a loss, what do you usually see as part of that experience and what might they expect? Of course, with the caveat of knowing everyone experiences things individually in their own way.
2: I think so often we'll see grief as being a linear process to go through. And it's not, you know, I really think of it as being more of a cycle, right? Or that, and there are so many layers, right? Where there might be a time where you're like, oh, I thought that I had processed this and now it's coming up in a different way, right? And so can that just be an invitation to explore that maybe on a different level than you might have before. Um, I think oftentimes people think that they should be quote unquote, further along with their grief are they place kind of like time limits on kind of where they feel like they should be at or what they should be doing at that point or you know I've heard so many people say you know why am I still sad this? because you lost somebody who you loved and they're not here in the same way that they were before right that there's just there's so much complexity to it and, and even kind of going back to kind of that pressure that we were talking about before, just that people can place so much pressure on themselves for what they think they should be doing, but there really isn't any should. I think that there is no kind of right way to grieve. And I think it does look so different for each individual um, and even amongst families right? That that can be such a common thing for someone to see their family member who's also grieving and to see their process looking very different and then think like, oh, am I doing it wrong? Right? if you're looking at it, you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Or if you're not ready to look at it yet, you're doing it right, right? That that's an invitation down the line then to deal with it right and I deal with it and like take a closer look at it right to explore it um
1: I think those time limits can be so constricting and heavy for people it's like honoring your own natural unique process and knowing that it's a process and that it can shift and evolve but something that I heard in there that I think is so important is to not compare your grief experience to other people's, other people's that maybe you've observed in the past or maybe it's you know grieving the loss of the same person whatever the case may be that there is no objective right or wrong and um this is we were touching base on this briefly before we started recording but i um i think like people grieve obviously in such different ways and that can look different from an outward perspective in in like an expressive perspective and what i mean by that is that perhaps it feels for you like you it's um you're in a space where you need to externally process and talk about the person. Or, you know, I know social media is a space where people really utilize that to process through what they're going through sharing memories. And then there are other times um, and other experiences where it feels like there's more of an internal inward processing where that doesn't feel as safe to do the external processing. And that it's so important to, as you, as the person going through this grief, to honor that and know that, like, I will hear sometimes where it's like, but is it, am I seeking attention if I do that? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, am I, um, is this right or wrong or is it impacting other people's experience and stuff? And to really, I think this is where like, that can be tied and why it's important to not just talk about the, you know, the experience of, um, being the griever, but also the person providing the support and the importance of honoring Each individual's grieving experience. And when you're able to really fully step into that for yourself and identify, and I think it's like, I mean, this is hard in in our society because there's so much right or wrong, there's this or that, and there's so much comparison. But just even checking in with yourself if you're noticing that come up and say, okay, but what is it that I need right now? Not what this book says I should be feeling right now, not because I was angry yesterday. So what's the next stage or, you know just honoring where you are in this moment. And sometimes that like fucking sucks because you don't want to be where you are in that moment. So this is, I think it's like normalizing to that even honoring that process can be really challenging in, in a grief in and of itself.
2: Absolutely. Right. And I think kind of coming back to just the idea of being seen, right. So the person sharing on social media, right. Like they're wanting to be seen in their, in their grief, right. Or, Maybe they're hoping that their story somehow will be helpful for somebody else mm-hmm. to hear, right? Where another person might want to kind of stay to themselves and to be left alone, right? That mm-hmm. like everybody very much has their own kind of wants and needs
3: mm-hmm.
2: when it comes to grief, too, and mm-hmm. what that process looks like.
0: I feel like, Brandy, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when I've heard you talk to people about grief in the past, that you've mentioned that one of the like um ways to work with healing around grief and processing around grief can be asking someone about stories or positive memories or to tell you about the person that they love um that was lost and and that feels i i bring that up because it feels a little bit like the social media share or that like it's like this person is still important to me i'm still talking about them, they're still alive in my heart. We haven't just moved on like they're, you know, ceasing to be an impact on on my experience. So I'm wondering, um, am I right in remembering that?
3: Yes, <laughs> okay. Yeah,
2: you are right. You are. I do. I think that that can just be such a, a beautiful experience on both sides of it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? That then as the person sharing, right? As you Oh, okay, this person has an interest in hearing about my loved one and how special is that that they're even asking me this question to begin with, and they have that interest. Right. And then for that person who's providing this right, that they get to then learn about some perhaps in a different way
3: mm-hmm.
2: than they would. Right. And I just I love when people share, you know, their little quirks about someone or the things that might have really irked them about someone right that it just yes you see all of the things that they love and then they share these other pieces and might laugh about it right and find some joy in those little nuances that were there that um, that they also loved
0: Mm
2: -hmm. right even if they really irked them at the time
0: (laughs) well it like really humanizes the person right like it's like this was this person's whole pic the whole picture of them and I was so lucky to have them in my life for all of these things and like I would imagine too you know some of those little um idiosyncrasies that are like quirks or or could be like a n- small annoyances in the moment are probably also end up being things that get missed the most like um you know because they stood out as like unique to the person and part of the dynamic of the relationship mm-hmm. Do you feel, Brandy, like as we we're almost at the 30 minute mark, so I don't want to go too long um, in this episode so that we keep it somewhat close to where we usually are. But I'm wondering, as we come to a close, if there's anything that you feel like we didn't touch on that you wanted to make sure you mentioned or any other thoughts on, you know, the experience of grief for someone who has lost someone, any words for them or anything like that?
2: I think just for anyone who is grieving, just reminding yourself that there's no right way to do it, right? That your process is going to be unique to you and cannot be okay, right? That there's there's no pressure to rush anything or to feel like you have to be doing something by a certain time or have these goals. You know, if it's helpful for you to have a goal that feels supportive, great. If it's something that feels like more pressure or somehow punitive in any way, right? That Can you kind of soften that and kind of invite more compassion in so that you're providing yourself the support that you might be actually looking for, for from somebody else, right? If there isn't that support, can you just show that love and compassion to yourself?
0: So beautiful. Thank you so much, Brandy. You're welcome. Thank <laughs>
2: you again for having me.
0: Yeah, it's been Take such you. a beautiful convo. I appreciate you and your insight, and Sammy, all of your um, wonderful reflections and questions as well. So, thank you both so much. All right, everyone. We will talk to you in our next episode. And thank you, Brandy, for your insights today. Thank you. Bye. Bye.